0: Welcome back to Don't Call it a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan.
1: We are, we are in
0: rid- the sci-fi zone. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> we're returning to Hyperion today. The Fall of Hyperion is the book we're reading. First third. What are we at, Dan? Chapter we finished chapter 21? Yes. Uh part we finished part one. We're into part two and it's chapter we finished chapter 21 in that in that part all right good spot to end on and no 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 warm up for today uh i got a warm up luke oh you didn't tell me about this but good news it's about the book so oh, first nice. off uh if you haven't read hyperion you should read it before you read this book because <laughs> I, I don't think most of this book will make sense if you haven't read hyperion right yeah. And good news. It's it's a sequel. Yeah. Good news. Uh, we did three episodes on Hyperion. So be sure you uh, refresh yourself with those. We did we did three episodes on Hyperion very early in our podcasting careers. So it'll be it'll be fun to see the difference. The other thing about this is that we have not read Hyperion in a while. So the characters and stuff are almost new to me again. I'm not saying that I forgot a lot, Uh but I feel like I always, if I'm reading a sequel of something, I always already have my, my thoughts on characters and that kind of thing set from the first book. Mm. So it could be cool to see, to see maybe like, you know, changes in, in character development. Like, Oh, I freaking hated this guy in this book. And then we, we listened to the lapis. Our last episodes, we liked them in the last one. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll see. You know what I'll say about that? Actually, before we get to my hot take, what I'll say about that is I'm already kind of feeling that way about Martin Silanus? Silanus, the I, poet. That's who I was thinking of, too. I know. The poet in the first Hyperion book sucks. The poet is the worst by far out of everybody in the fall of Hyperion not so bad a guy and on the Braun poet kind of back and forth i think Braun is being way too hard on martin oh there there were a couple of interactions where martin said something that was kind of a joke but not really like that offensive and Braun just like whips around and like rips his head off basically and it's like, whoa, yeah. everybody calm down. That was like, I thought that was a little bit funny. I would have chuckled at that, <laughs> Brawn. So stop. Yeah, I can see that. I will say they're going off of like zero sleep and that kind of thing. Yeah, but Martin is just trying to lighten the mood a little bit. They're all Fair basically enough. marching to their death and they kind of expect to die. Martin's just trying to lighten the mood a little bit you know yeah he's like that friend that you know might not always have the best taste in jokes but is just trying to cheer everybody up you know yeah i don't know if i'm willing to give him that altruistic of motives but i would agree with you i think it's a little weird how how it seems like they're they accepted that they were about to die in the last books And like didn't really care that much. And now it's like this huge deal. If one of them goes under, it's like you, this, and I think Martin Silenus says something to this effect near the end of this. But it's like, you don't, first of all, silent or, uh, uh, father Hoyt is the one that died and he has the resurrecting thing. Why are you guys, (laughs) why are you guys reacting so strongly to this? His wish was also to die. So what's going on here? Um. Right. This is a good point. See, but I think they're all freaking out because they realize now only one of them is going to get a wish. And before, Ooh. they were all kind of assuming they were going to be the one to get the wish. You know, they were all kind of like, yeah, we're all going to die, but really, I'm not going to die. I'm going to get the wish and you're all going to die. But now mm. I think they're starting to realize like, oh, wait. Oh, I could... Die here. Ooh, that would suck, huh? Hmm. No, I don't really want that actually. Okay. You know? Fair enough. Yeah, they all they were all really confident up until the actual moment. I could see that being it. But then they see this like abomination of a metal creature, and they're like, oh actually no thanks. Actually, I don't know what wish this thing could give me. What wish w- could I get from this just disaster? It's yeah. The more every time we hear about it, the scarier it gets. Yeah, would it, you agree with that? No, one hundred percent. And it's it's also kind of hard to visualize because to me it just sounds. And I think we talked about this. It just sounds sharp, like. <laughs> That's like the own only- sharp and shiny are the two adjectives I have for this thing. I don't really have yeah, sharp, a sh- shiny and it has some big bug eyes. Yeah. But as far as like body shape, I don't really get any good body shape outside of sharp and shiny. Yes, I would agree with that. And then, but it's also like, I think it's very specifically three meters tall, which is enormous. <laughs> yes, it's very big. Um, It has four arms as well, but I think that's like the extent of what we've got yeah to me what i picture this as is i'm sure what every early 2000s late 90s mom pictured uh people putting in apples that they give to their kids on halloween you know right like you know you weren't supposed to eat apples because people were putting all kinds of crazy shit in them and i picture that Mm -hmm. you know the shrike is essentially that fear condensed into a being He's just like a bunch of big razor blades. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, sure. Okay, so I've got just some some quick dumb things. Very beginning of this. I'm not gonna. T- I'm, I'm going to do some... Well, there's only like a couple of them, so it's going to be kind of rapid fire. But first okay, off... Okay, we're going to alternate then because I also have a couple rapid fire dumb stuff okay. things. Uh, there's a river that goes through every world. Um, I can't decide if that's really cool or really dumb. It sounded like the coolest lazy river to me, which. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, even the coolest lazy river is kind of lame. <laughs> you know? Fair. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Okay. We talked about this a little bit in our Hyperion series. Uh, they say everyone's name with an M in front. Mm-hmm. And originally, we had decided to. You and I pronounced it differently. You you would go M Lamia and I I would go m Lamia. But now I'm going to go with Malamia. Ooh, like a little like a little tip of the fedora. <laughs> that's a good way to go. You know? Okay. Ma-Shrike. I like it. <laughs> so that's how I've started to pronounce the m in front. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh my next one We get this this high-end party at the beginning that our cybrid goes to, and it it talks about how good the food is there, and the only example we get is roast beef. Ah, Disappointing. I'm going to say disappointing. Okay, we're actually going to... Hold on. We're going to stay here, because the description of food, I think George, our good friend George R.R., read this book... And the whole time thought, mmm, what, what does that food look, smell, and feel like? And then wrote his beautiful books with a lot of detail about the food. Because literally every time they have food, it's described as exquisite and the best food in the world. And there's like two adjectives about it. Right, it's like a brown because, soup, but it's delicious. Yeah, Yeah, a gray soup that was really good, or a salad that has and there's like one ingredient in the salad that's described. Come on. All right. <laughs> we we need a middle ground between George and Dan. We we on this podcast talk extensively about the food and books. And we need like, more we need like... more to sink our teeth into is what you're saying. Right. And more the, the tough thing is... The other thing that I thought of with this is that this is a book that's sets in hundreds of years into the future. And it's said that there's so many good chefs. No... But no... Doesn't seem to be much innovation going on. Which I'll allow... Like, okay. Dan Simmons is writing this. And he has not gone through all of it. Fair enough. I just... Yeah. Okay, but hold, he can make up fucking aliens. He can make up ousters and the shrike, but he can't make up a new, I don't know, way of cooking fish that sounds cool. Okay. 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 To your point, his <laughs> his made up aliens and the shrike we <laughs> is like a big a big the aliens are like big long boys and the shrike is a big pointy boy. So, I mean uh <sighs> okay all right you know what that's fair that's fair we maybe we're expecting too much from Dan but if you describe it if you're gonna tell me a gray soup is delicious i need a little bit more detail because it sounds bad any does, gray, yeah. no gray food sounds good you have to convince me once you get to gray you've got to give me some a little bit more to get me to oh yeah that sounds good mm-hmm. i'd agree with that Okay, whose whose turn is it? Is it your turn? Yeah, it's my turn. Luke, I I I'm calling BS on Severn, I think, is the artist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ma Severn claims they can't make good wine or coffee or and there was one other thing he says they just they just can't get right. That's bullshit mm-hmm they've got a flying tree spaceship and you're telling me they can't make coffee good no this guy this guy is the biggest snob in the freaking galaxy he's the biggest snob across the web and yeah. he just likes to tell everyone hey i remember coffee when it was from old earth and it was way better than this coffee yeah he's like you gotta you got to grind it with the authentic, authentic, I don't, I don't know much about coffee. I don't this know much is... either, but what I do know is if you've got a spaceship tree, it doesn't matter if your coffee beans are grown in fucking Brazil or Argentina or in space. They're going to taste good if you have a spaceship tree. You can make good coffee. That's all I'm saying yeah because you also okay yeah. you also have to consider the coffee technology that's advanced since then i'm not even let's not even for, put aside the growing of the coffee for a second you're, you're talking like extraction the techniques. extraction techniques the grinding techniques because all of that plays into it and MaSevern is talking about coffee from like the 1700s i think and they were just they were basically just taking beans and smashing them with rocks Right and like in the in the 1700s, yeah, that that (laughs) coffee was not was not good. He was like crunching on coffee grounds for fifty percent of it. Definitely, Mm -hmm. yeah, Uh, yeah, that's definitely fair. Uh, It's just not authentic now, Dan. It's not from old Earth. It's not authentic. Okay, whatever. Speaking of old Earth, my next thing rapid fire thing uh there's a new earth and there's an earth 2 yeah i love that there's an earth 2 those guys (laughs) can you imagine if we named cities that way so like new earth i get it's kind of like new york new jersey yeah i had no qualms with new new earth but at least put a at least for earth 2 give me earth 2.0 oh that's pretty cool yeah exactly it's way better I would I would be into Earth 2.0, yeah. Or, like, 1.5. Right. Be like, what does that mean? I'm going to Earth 1.5. Well, I mean, okay, first off, there might be, and she just might have ended the list there, you know, because there's so many Earth knockoffs that you can't list them all. Mm-hmm. But it just sounds so lame. Like, can you imagine if there was 10,000 years in the future we're colonizing like our 80th planet and somebody's like let's call this i don't know wisconsin too everyone's like well, dude what why uh well we can't call it wisconsin because that's like a that exists so we'll just call it wisconsin too yeah it's lazy yeah just come up with a new name they all made it up okay no i think i think that's enough of the dumb quick stuff hmm okay Oh, no, one, 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 one quick thing. It's not really, it, I don't think we're going to talk much about it, but, uh, they, they explore at the beginning of this, the, the time tombs for a little bit when they get there, it's kind of disappointing because they're expecting to like immediately have their big events happen. It doesn't happen in the next night. There's like a, a giant storm and like a couple of them go out, but only, but only a couple of them. I feel like, I feel like that's the time to explore. Because st- you know stuff is happening then. During the storm? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that, Lou. Because this is not like a... It's not just a regular storm. The walls are glowing. Something's something's going on. Yeah, but like... And they're already disappointed because they explored a little bit with no... in the In the regular daylight, nothing happened. Yeah. All of a sudden, you get a crazy storm, lightning everywhere... Walls are starting to glow. I think you, I think you go out. Okay, the a couple of them do right. So so a couple of them do this, but also Luke, one of them has a baby. So like Soul, I feel like he's he's there to do stuff. <laughs> yeah, but come on, Lou, come on. He's got a baby. <laughs> He's not going to go out there. It's dangerous. This is not like a vacation it's for him to be It's like, dangerous mm, for the baby. I don't want to go surfing today with my baby because it's a little windy. No, you want her to get struck by lightning to reverse this disease. This, this is, is the time for it. This is a good point. My only response to this is that maybe everyone, maybe this is the time everyone realizes that everyone else is going to die but one of them. And they're all in the tent looking around like, ooh, should we all go out right now? Like, ooh, maybe you should go. And, and they're kind of waiting to see if everyone else goes out too. Like, oh, I'm not going to be the last one in the tent. Like, we're all going to go. But, I mean, are you going? Sure. I think that's I think that's the only reason they didn't all go out. Which, they eventually do all go out because the tent collapses covered under sand. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, just plant. I guess that was poor planning on their part why do you have a fabric tent yeah also again i think martin i'm i'm kind of coming on the side of martin in a lot of this this part because martin's like yeah we're all gonna probably die anyway might as well hang out in these awesome structures that are already built for us yeah super safe and warm so you're okay this is my main point for this right now you're literally there for this you're not there to like i don't know i don't know how to phrase this like they're not like, there as tourists they're not there to look at the time tombs get a couple of f- pictures and go home they're there they they are there with the express purpose of six of them dying and one of them getting a wish to do it sounds like anything that's the only reason they're there right so why would they be hesitant to do anything exactly okay glad we're on the same page there. Um, okay, my my next thing is gonna it's gonna bring us away from that group. Okay, we'll come back to them later. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go to this first military briefing. Good. Where I think it's 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 a couple of generals, Gladstone, the CEO, and they're like giving a briefings on the before the battle has started. Like, they have this many ships. We have this many. It'll be fine. But it's led by this young, this young dude, who like cannot stay on topic, and he keeps getting crap for it. And at the end, it's like, yeah, he's he didn't do very good. His career might take a hit. He did terribly. Okay, (laughs) I don't feel bad for him. No, he's terrible at his job. He's the guy who planned out this big long talk. And didn't do it with his audience in mind, and mm-hmm. so he starts the talk, and then his his like professor, let's say, is from the back, is like, actually, just get to the important stuff. You've only got five minutes. Just cut it, cut it quick. And he's like, mm, "I practiced I- this verbatim, <laughs> so I'm I'm just gonna keep going." <laughs> yeah the the ending of this is the general basically finishes the talk and summarizes it and says, like, we have this many ships, they have this many ships, it's going to take this long. And he he finishes the presentation in, like, three sentences. Meanwhile, this dude is coming up with maps that don't mean anything. Maps of, he's showing maps of the surface. That's irrelevant. (laughs) I don't feel bad for you. Your careers I don't feel bad for you at all. You did terrible. Luke, a lot of people, public speaking is their biggest fear. Okay? But that's his job. (laughs) Well... (laughs) You don't select the guy that's terrible at public speaking for the briefing of the CEO. In this case, the leader of the... Of the... Hegemony. Universe, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Pick a different guy. He's terrible. I mean, well, maybe his dad... Is like kind of important, you know, maybe his dad is one of the higher ups in the hegemony Senate. And they were like, this is a calculated move on the side of the military. They were like, ah, this sucks. We have to deal with this guy every day. He rambles on all the time. He thinks he's super self-important. Let's make him give the presentation to the CEO and she'll just shred him. She'll just tear him up, and then we won't... It's not our fault. We we gave him this opportunity, just like his dad wanted, but maybe he'll, like, quit after this. Yeah, They're trying to get him to quit. Okay. The... I have... Some, the, my next thing is kind of... Is kind of against what I just said on this. <laughs> okay. Because, okay, my point still stands that this guy's terrible at briefing. briefing okay. okay. But... We learn later that the general and the intelligence was very wrong. Mm. About right? the ousters. About the number about the and the like capabilities of the ousters, right. Which is kind of what this briefing was. Yes. Right? Yes. So the other thing is the the general does not give any any indication to Gladstone, I think is her name. Yep. About where they're getting their information, how reliable it is. He's like, okay, they have 600 ships. And I mean, if I'm her, I'm thinking, okay, we know that they have 600 ships. But in reality, it's more like, yeah, we don't know anything about them, so we're going to guess 600. Maybe this dude who's briefing her is like trying to give background. So he's like, okay, we based it off of this. This, we think maybe 600. He's doing context. Also, who knows? He's doing context. Right. He's doing, so, so the other thing is, Maybe he's actually doing what he needs to be done. Or, uh no, I'm going back on that. No. I, th- I think it's just that he did a bad job, but the general also did a bad job. Okay, yes, but then I think CEO Gladstone does a terrible job when they come to her with the plan B, so they realize they don't have enough ships, they say, okay, we need this many more ships. That'll get it done. No problem. 99.9% certain. Give us those ships. She goes around. Everyone's in agreement except this guy who's like, actually, I don't think that's a good idea. And to be fair, he doesn't have a good reason. He's just like, it's just my gut. I feel it in my gut. It's a bad move. But at the same time, you just like two days ago, finished a briefing from them that was like, oh, we're so sure this is going to be a slam dunk, dunkerino. Hyperion's safe. We uh, we send these ships. Asters are going to be running for the hills. And then two days later, you're like, yeah, we're going to all die if we don't send 200 more ships. But 200 more ships, that's all we need. No worries. It's totally safe. I'd ask for right. a little bit more information. Like, don't ask the people. Don't trust the people that already. It's especially okay. about the ousters. Especially about he, the ousters. You have no idea. You have no idea about the ousters. You should assume that starting off. Okay. Here's yeah. My my thought is that this first mistake, where this guy guesses six hundred ships, I think it's six hundred, um and it turns out to be like three thousand or four thousand or whatever. And she's like, okay, you said 600. And then he's like, yeah, we didn't have that much information, so we are kind of guessing. A, you should have you should have brought up the uncertainty. I mean, maybe she should have asked about that, too. Yeah, you but, should have brought it up. But you always include the error bars on that kind of a thing. If they're right. big error bars, you say what the error bars are. The other thing is, he's, they have two ways to predict this. Their, whatever their way was... And then whatever, the, the, this leader of the AI has a different way. And he's like, yeah, we didn't really have a good way to do it either because we don't know that much about him. And she's like, how many did you predict? And he's like, about <laughs> 4,000. And everybody's dead quiet when he says that. And they look at him like, what? Okay, yeah. My, my thought is that this first general already made this mistake of getting predictions way wrong. But he also did not even ask these other, the, the AIs or whatever. He's like, yeah, they don't know much either. You don't know anything either. My argument for this is that, I know he's, the, he's like a general, so he's very high level. But this is, a, this is an error that deserves to be, he deserves to be fired for. Right. So maybe, maybe the entire military is just political favors. Like, maybe everybody here is incompetent, and they're all just operating out of pride. You know, it's not based on competency at all. It's about who pulled the most strings to get their their position. Yeah. Because it doesn't maybe. sound like any of them really know what they're doing. I think it's more like they... They're not... Okay, they're not math guys, right? Right. But they know... they They, they know... Some kind of military stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But all of their military information is gained off of predictions, math, that kind of stuff. And they haven't really dealt with ousters or things with uncertainty before. Well, it's been 100 years since they've been in war, like a real right. war. Right. So everything they're getting, they're like, okay, yeah, our predictors are good. I don't know how it predicts it, but it says this. It's always been right in the past. Boom. They don't know they don't know how the predictions are done so they don't know if they're wrong or not or like how much like how much to trust them. Mhm. Mm-hmm. They're cuz they're trusting 100% right now. Right. Right. It's like why would you why are you basing your why are you basing your entire plan off of a prediction that you have no no basis for. Right. Right. And especially like I I do get The first mistake. Like, I get the mistake going from, oh, we thought it was 600, it turns out it was 3000. Okay, that, sure. It's been a while since you've been to war. You're a little rusty. We're still figuring things out. But then when you come to me with your second plan and you're like, this, we need to do this. Here are the worst case scenarios. I would be like, okay, let's assume that those are the most likely scenarios. because based on your previous work, that's probably what's going to happen. And let's let's just account for that right off the bat. But no, they didn't. And guess what happened, Luke? We find out at the very end of this reading. The ousters are invading the web. Something that they said was impossible. <laughs> Fool me once. Shame on you, Luke. Fool me twice. And humanity is destroyed. Right also they're like how many how many ships do you think we'll need 200 at least 200 200 (laughs) minimum where are you getting this number you just made that up that's why they said at least luke you know more would be better more would be better (laughs) how many do we have how many ships total Oh, 600? Yeah, okay. At least 200 would be good. <laughs> at least. So, 300 would also be good. Oh, no, he can't. Would be can't, great. can't do 3. Okay. 200 at least. Yeah, should be safe. When he pulls out that 99% certainty bullshit, I was like, "Gladstone, you got to just slap that down. Sl- slap that out of the air cuz that's right. not See, making the is... hoop." <laughs> right. There's... Th- this is this is how I imagine this kind of meeting should go. The, the like generals or people in the army or force, whatever it's called, have recommendations. They probably have different recommendations. And they're like, okay, this one's going to be, we've got this option. We think that this has like a 60% chance of success. You, you lay that all out and then let her decide. You, you are not trying to persuade Right, You know what I mean? Right, You're supposed to give her all of the information and then let her decide. Right. <laughs> but no, they presented one option. Absurd. No wonder she wants to burn it all down. Yeah, I get it. Luke, I'll say this. I think I know why every war room meeting uh, ends in this disaster. And I think it has to do with the design of their war room. Did you catch this when they first went into the war room when the battle was going on? Uh, I didn't. I didn't note anything. Yeah. So what what happens in the war room is they go in, they're gonna have their meeting, and the room is like wall to wall TV screens, and they're just getting constant data feeds of pilots being burnt alive and like carnage and chaos, and they're getting the radio signals from all these like thousands. Well, no, not thousands, hundreds of ships that are out there just with people screaming at each other. This is like in the war room as they're trying to make a decision about what to do with the army, with the force. You don't need that. That's not helping you at all decide what to do. Right. This is a gigantic distraction. Yeah, distraction, emotional manipulation. Yeah. It's, that's ridiculous. How can you focus? How can you make a rational decision when literally there's a dude screaming like, my legs, my legs, while you're like, yes, we should commit another 10,000 troops to this conflict. Yeah, that's kind of a poor design. I'd agree with that. But it's just, you. no general ever has had that, has wanted that when they've been deciding a, military strategy you get a big table Mm. with some with some little little chess pieces a table with a map some chess pieces Mm -hmm. move them around a little bit that's what you need okay i want to talk about the hegemony a little bit and um tc squared i think is their home planet where it's like headquartered Mm -hmm. so this planet operates on a 23-hour day. And uh, I know that they're obsessed with old earth and all that like uh, they drink orange juice when they come out of stasis. It's all very funny. But you had such a great opportunity here to go to metric time and you missed it. And you just threw it away. You said, "Yeah, let's make our let's make it even weirder. Let's go with a 23-hour day for no reason." why it's so inconvenient okay so so what's what's your proposal you go metric every day has 10 hours every hour let's say you give every hour a hundred minutes and every minute maybe a hundred seconds okay there we go okay okay sure that's fair do you and you base it off of a 23 well However many seconds twenty three hours is, you cut that down, but you base it to where every day is still the same amount of, corresponds to this circle or like the the spinning of this planet. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So you just change the units. You just change the units. There's a conversion. There's an easy conversion, right? But it makes all the math easier, and you just it's clear. Everybody knows. Like, oh, it's it's seven. Oh, time for lunch seven See, i would have thought that you would say five was time for lunch here no set they go seven at lunch they they like <laughs> a late lunch wow well, okay <laughs> that's a that's a fair point and all right let's say let's say you even that's a little bit too radical for you out there at home okay do you think they cut off daylight savings time of course they cut off da- what are you talking about do they cut off daylight savings time of course ridiculous all right all right but here's here's how we here's how we make it a little bit more palatable for you at home 20 hour days 10 hour half days that's basically what we've got now 20 hour days not that you know that's it's a good middle ground i think why not 20 hour days i'm gonna i'm gonna make an argument for 100 hour days oh okay that way it feels longer yes you can get so much done 100 hours this day i can do whatever i want this is only gonna take four hours for me to finish that's no work day is only eight hours well i don't think it would still work that way (laughs) 40 (laughs) hour work week i could do that in a day yeah okay that's actually i'm i think 100 hour days is better now so i'm running for president uh yeah you and everybody else yeah (laughs) Okay. Let me see. Ooh, okay, okay. Here we go. We get we get a line from our boy the Cybrid. I forget what his name is in this again. Um Severns, I think. Yeah, yeah. So he uh he hooks up with this lady. This uh kind of sketchy weird lady who's like super hot apparently. But also, everyone's that has money is super hot because they can just buy this stuff. Right. Here's 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 the the quote when he's describing her attractiveness. Yeah, I think I don't remember what body part he's talking about. Somehow it's quote somehow more sensual and solid than any aspect of male anatomy could ever hope to be. I'm calling BS. No oh. way. Okay. All right. No way is this normal lady hotter than uh the ryan gosling of this era oh i see interesting she's a, she's an every she's like a rich lady mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. not like overly rich but she gets invited to this party yeah she's not one of the like famous like a really important people mm-hmm. she just has enough money to do like whatever their plastic surgery is right <laughs> you're she's, saying you're saying there is a male model in this universe of billions and billions of people That is way hotter than this just, like, rich lady. No question. Uh, I don't know, Lou. I don't know. Because she's just got those, like, that feminine way about her, dude, that men cannot touch. No man can touch that feminine way. You know what I'm saying, Lou? (laughs) It's just. No. No. You you just don't get it, man. There's just something about a woman's body. It's just way cooler than a man's. So. Yeah. Deal with it. Okay. Okay. No, yeah, this is bullshit. I think, I think he is just, I think, I think he's just like kind of tricking himself a little bit. Like. Oh, okay. So he's like, this was a bad decision in the back of my head. I know this. Yeah. But it was worth it because she's the hottest person of all time. This. Okay. He's like trying to explain this to us. Like. Like okay i know this was a sketchy move this wasn't but like this woman is literally hotter than every man and no man could even get close to this woman she's so hot so like it makes sense why i did this right so i had to so you did you would have done it right come on yeah probably i that's probably it it's pretty wild to me that yeah I don't know, man. Especially when... Okay, okay. Especially when we find out... I don't remember if they talk about this in Hyperion, but we find out that there are essentially businesses that can add antenna and feathers and things to your body because CEO Gladstone goes into the deep, dark underbelly of one of these planets and sees, like, insect people that have been transformed. Okay, if they yeah, can, and I think. I think Martin Silenus in the last book he talked did. about how he, had like a, he was a satyr for a little while or something like that. Right. Okay. If they could do that to anybody, they can make a human woman look however they want. There is no limit to the ability of someone to change a human's body if they can give you antenna and scales and rhinoceros horns or whatever shit. Like, literally every rich woman who wants to look like the hottest woman in the world looks that way they all do yeah, well okay i think the i think the other issue with this is he's not taking into account personal preference whatsoever mm. this is maybe true. maybe somebody's into i don't know i'm not going to give examples into something other, other than super pale women because the <laughs> the description we get of all of these attractive people is that they're very pale. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe they're not all pale. Nope. Oh, okay. They're all pale then. All right. Well, they're all pale. I. Yeah. Maybe everyone looks the same in this world. That's why the ousters want to burn it down. Which, if you listen to our last series on Hyperion... The ousters have all the culture, apparently. Mm -hmm. And we're very pro-ouster on this show. (laughs) Burn it down. We've always been pro-ouster. We've been pro-ouster from the beginning, day one. (sighs) Whatever. Okay, the other thing with this is he's dreaming everything that's happening to them yeah and he keeps waking up at like really intense parts mm-hmm. and he's like occasionally doesn't really want to go to sleep right. he doesn't want to he w- doesn't want to have dreams yeah about this yeah this to me is like kind of a hard book to put down Mm-hmm. on top of the fact that naps are amazing mm, yeah. not much better than a nap no you're I'd telling say- me i can take a nap and have a good story Yeah, but Luke, that story is like the future of everything.
1: Yeah, I want to know about it. No, I'm not like. Oh, "Mm, that's so stressful.
0: (laughs) I hear about that on NPR when I go to work tomorrow morning. It's fine. The CEO is like, "Hey, man, what's going on over there?" Because you're the only one that can know. He's like, "Mm, "I wasn't feeling that tired today." So, (laughs) all right, Luke. But here's the other thing: is it doesn't matter like right like it doesn't matter because it's already been predicted only the stuff happening there has any probability has any like free will right exactly no so so my point is like it doesn't matter if you see it now it doesn't matter if you find out later what happened it's not going to change anything just like it would be so stressful to go to to know when you're going to sleep you're like i'm going to find out the future of everything and i can't do anything about it. All right. Well, good night. No. No, 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 no. I'm going to wait till you it's all over. You want to hear about it? No. I don't know. I wouldn't want to see it. It'd be too stressful. not want to see it. It'd be so stressful. Luke. I'd wake up with like no teeth because i would have ground them all to dust in my sleep. <laughs> okay, Dan. It's the it's the final of the World Cup. Okay who's playing in an hour let's say <laughs> in an hour okay in an hour the final of the world cup uh you can either watch it mm. or you can record it and watch it in like a week what are you doing <sighs> oh i'm watching it in a week what <laughs> get the highlights you're just gonna watch the highlights oh, oh no <laughs> no 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 no! but you're completely taking out the part of this of this calculation that is that you have to go to sleep for this to even happen it would be like that's a pro no for me no okay imagine trying to go to sleep when lebron is playing for the carolina panthers in the super bowl this is is in 20 minutes (laughs) and that's the only way you'll get to see it is if you sleep Are you going to sleep? There's no way. Are you saying the reason he's not doing this is because he's too excited? I don't... Okay. You would use the word excited. I'm going to use the word anxious. Because that's what I feel, is it would be too, like, anxiety-inducing to be able to sleep to see this event. I'd hate it. Okay. And knowing... It's like when you're... You can't fall asleep, and... You want to look at the clock because you kind of want to see how long it's been, but you don't want to look at the clock because then you'll see how much little time you have left before you have to like wake up and do things the next day. Like it's this magnified a billion times because he's laying there like, if I don't fall asleep now, I won't see what happens and I am going to like miss out on all this stuff. So I just got to go to sleep. Got to go to sleep. Come on, go to sleep. But that doesn't help because the worry that you're going to miss something is going to be what keeps you up. Okay. I can see that. We'll go with that. Okay. (laughs) Can we talk about Braun's complete invasion of Leonard Hoyt's privacy when he's just going off to find a nice place to pee and Braun's like, "Mm, I should really follow that guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, don't. It's late at night. Maybe he drank a bunch of water bef- right before bedtime and really needs to go pee. And you're like, I'm going to go follow him to his secret pee spot. I'm going to completely, completely ruin any sense of privacy he has and just just kind of follow him there. And, you know, he mm. he tries to take it somewhere. He's completely out of sight. The only place he can do that in one of these temples he even finds like a basically a urinal trough okay there's a hole in the right. floor to some kind of waste management system we assume and he's naked and braun lamia walks in which i mean i'm not gonna judge how a man pees that's he's screaming he's screaming he's screaming all typical signs of a man peeing and braun is like brandishing a firearm at him for no reason you, this is your fault, Braun. Right. Let. It's. What else was he gonna do? You're all gonna get killed by the strike anyway. Even if he's not. Even if it's. If he. If he's not trying to pee. He just wants some alone time. Cramped quarters. He's you been- guys have been together for weeks. He's just like, okay, storm's coming. Finally, I love a good storm. You know, makes me feel. Makes me feel small. Hmm and i can and i can he's, escape into my thoughts he's going to go pray and he doesn't want to bother go... everyone by reciting out latin liturgy in a tent with everyone in out. which he's in which he screams <laughs> exactly so he's like i know i'll go to one of those temples over there get really good acoustics and i won't bother anybody i can get all naked as god intended this is a very good point i just think it's rude braun needs to just let a man go off on his own every once in a while and okay and back to the back to the original thing this is why you're here maybe they're like we're all gonna be i think again Silentus keeps saying this he's like we're all gonna die alone this is a this is a, a lonely thing i guess we're all gonna die alone facing the shrike go to a different temple at least you're talking about braun go to a different temple yeah 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 i i think maybe she was worried father hoyt was gonna go meet up with the shrike and get that wish in before anybody else could oh i think maybe she was like "Mm, i know only one of us gets a wish, and the rest of us get murdered on a tree of thorns and spikes and used needles and razor blades so i'm gonna make sure it's not father hoyt that gets that wish so she she thinks it's a first come first serve kind of thing. Mm, exactly, the first person to talk to the Shrike, whoever gets their wish out first gets it. Uh-huh. So she's kind of like, practicing. and he's going to waste his. Yeah, he's going to waste he's gonna his. Like, hey, I want to die. And the Shrike's like, wish. "Surprise! I was going to do that to you anyway. <laughs> you don't have to ask. That's so sweet of you. It's like right. a gift of the Magi kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. the Father Hoyt's like Shrike. I got you uh, a new rusty dagger, and the Shrike's like, "Oh my gosh, that's that was what I wanted." Uh, I got you death on a sharp, spiky tree, and Father Hoyt's like, "Oh my gosh, that's what I wanted." <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she shouldn't be. She shouldn't be in. Here's okay. This might be because we haven't read Hyperion in a while. I didn't realize that the wish thing was that big of a a part of it. They don't really talk about it that much, but... But it's there? I think it's like the only reason any of them are actually there. Okay. Like, because like, how else would I convince you to go on this shitty camping trip? I think it's kind of like a... Well, they're all... I don't know if they're all necessarily there just for the wish... no 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 i don't think so i think they all feel like like... silenus is obviously there to finish his poem right which by the way i want to read that guy oh well too bad sounds i don't know okay this is going to become something else yeah yeah yeah. i know let's come back to that um i never and, and i okay weintraub's wish is obviously to have his daughter i didn't realize that that was he was trying to that was kind of a wish thing i thought it was like a last resort maybe if i take her back there she gets struck by lightning She'll start aging forward together. to your... Oh, I mean, I'm all over the place right now. Yeah. They keep saying... They're displaying too much confidence in their understanding of Merlin's sickness. Yes. No one has had this before. No. And he's like, she's going to die in two days. You don't know that. Okay. We have, we have addressed this exact point. Go listen to our her up here on episodes. Right. Nobody has any idea what's going to happen to her. Okay. We got to move on, though gotta move on like okay you're right i think they all feel drawn by destiny to come to try and interact with the shrike in some way they're all pulled there by things other than this wish i that's fine but when you're putting together a pilgrimage you've got to have like a a pamphlet on the front of your of your travel of your travel agency you know thing that says come see the shrike get a wish and then a really tiny print or die on a tree of thorns okay but you have to have some reason why they're all going there than just i kind of feel like i need to there has to be they have to tell everybody else something like when they're telling their parents why they're going they have to be like oh one of us one of us could get a dope wish you know Mm -hmm. rather than like oh i've been doing the shrike for like three years in combat simulations (laughs) they can't tell their family that. Right. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, you're g- so we do need to come back to Martin being probably not dead. Okay, that actually was not my point. Ooh, okay. I agree with you. Okay. But that was not the point that I was trying to make. What's your point? He he doesn't finish his manuscript. He gets to this point where it's like a plot twist, right? Yeah. And these, this, these two, he's, it's kind of implied that he's writing the story of the actual world mm-hmm. kind of in this metaphor. Yes. And there's like a surprise where the two people that are fighting come to a deal or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the Shrike comes mm-hmm. and he's communicating with the Shrike by writing. That's a, that's a cool ending for that book, mm. Dan. Okay. Oh, shoot you're saying you're saying he did finish it i'm saying it gets to this it gets to this plot twist where you don't know you don't know what's coming next because you don't know who this third party that they're agreeing to fight is Mm -hmm. in his poem yes and then the next line is i think it's like it's time it's time martin yeah (laughs) uh that sounds incredible yeah actually end it there actually that does sound incredible because like, like yeah and this is where this is where the author was taken by the legendary shrike because uh that's amazing <laughs> well and it'd I... be like if George R. R Martin was like all of a sudden taken by the white walkers in real life like what <laughs> yeah yeah so you're saying yeah you're saying Martin did finish it and the shrike is the implied third party yeah yes because like as soon as he gets to that point he looks up and he's like oh who's this third party he looks up and the shrike is literally standing there like hey it's me <laughs> surprise and then it has this like badass line That's yeah awesome oh can you dude the whoever finds that manuscript is definitely gonna claim credit for that Are you kidding me yeah what a bummer for martin you know somebody's yeah. gonna be walking around the dust and find these pages and be like oh my gosh who is martin doesn't matter we're gonna change that to john <laughs> it's time john that's me yeah definitely then he makes a million dollars just a million yeah i mean it, it is a poem so <laughs> right okay what, what was your what, or i guess did you just have were your was your point just that we didn't see Martin die, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm basically skeptical of whenever we don't see a character die that they're actually dead. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Het, the, you know, the one, the speaker for the trees, Het Massine or Mastine or something like that, he didn't die, and all we saw was blood and no body. And same thing with, um, well... Hoyt is kind of different, but I mean he's technically not dead either. Nobody's really died yet, is my point. And so unless we see their body, I'm not counting them dead. Okay, sure, that's fair. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk really quickly about uh, Colonel Cassad. Yeah. Can you relax a little bit, Colonel Cassad? No because he's trying to You get shot at and then you just blow up everything. Okay, this F- I flank them. This I did want to talk the back. about. This I did want to talk about. Can we talk about This gun is insane. <laughs> How insane is this gun? Right. What too. does this look like that it can just melt a giant crystal building and then shoot like explosive rockets after that? And then, like, special tracking darts that kill anybody within, like, a five-mile radius that's moving. And then, like, just, like, thing after thing after thing. And it's like, how big is this gun? Also, are you even—why do you even have to be there? Yes! It's It says it aims for you. And then it it shoots, like, some kind of laser beams, I'm going to say. Yeah. And if people are wearing armor, it like switches frequencies, all that kind of stuff, so that it eventually gets through the armor. You're not even fighting, <laughs> right? You're essentially just a a drone with blood inside. This is like this is like if you were go to go back and play Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. And a modern classic. You get in, and you get into a game, and there's a guy who has the cheat code set up where he's just shooting everybody right and it's like as soon as you spawn you die because this guy has this cheat mode on why it's like why are you even playing man (laughs) but it's it's worse than that because it's like when you spawn you immediately die and like there's a gigantic crater around you and this guy's running around with i don't know something that looks like a super soaker but there's just like lasers and rockets shooting out of it that look ridiculous like, at a certain point, the gun needs to be the size. The gun needs to be sized to match what comes out of it. Otherwise, it looks insane. And so either he's got a a gigantic gun that has all these different options on it, and he's just been carrying this around the entire time. Or what I think is more likely is that this gun just looks insane when he's shooting it. He pulls the trigger, and it just like a like Netherlands disco club comes out the front end of this gun. See, I was I'm picturing more of like the finale of the Fourth of July fireworks. Yeah, or that. Either way, it looks insane coming out this like normal sized looking gun. It's he describes it as an assault rifle. Yeah, right. Come on, there's that's it's not, got rockets rifle. shooting out and laser light shows and dude, this. Ugh. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Get a throwing knife like an adult. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but so I thought that it was just weird that he takes a couple shots from mm-hmm. this unseen person, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's he's taken cover, he's taken some shots that are clearly not meant to kill him. Right. It's he knows for somehow he knows. That they're not meant to kill him. Somehow he is aware that right. they're and kind he's, of just he's playing sitting with he's sitting in this little alcove, like taking cover and he's like, Alright, hmm, should I destroy this priceless artifact? Fuck it. He like dives out, I'm assuming, and <laughs> shoots off these fireworks. Yeah. You this this person, let's say person, yeah, was shooting at you. You you know that it wasn't trying to kill you. You're 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 kind of on a f- fact-finding mission right now, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <You're> Don't sp- <laughs> blow up everything. Right, right. I mean, Colonel Cassad. You could say could be mistaken for the Shrike, given his power armor and his weird weapon. Maybe from a distance, he looks kind of like the Shrike. Maybe. He is trying to murder his only ally in this fight against the Shrike, who just mistook him for a monstrosity. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know. Here's the. Here, we're gonna go give a quick Dan prediction right now before we get too far into this. I'm gonna say Colonel Cassad was shooting at himself. We we already know who he was shooting at, Dan. Uh, who was shooting back at him, Luke? She the. Did she have a gun? She literally said that she was shooting to see if he could dodge them, or not that specifically, but did we see a gun? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're going too far. We it? didn't see a gun, Luke. I'm going to say <laughs> Colonel Kassad was shooting at himself. okay, but uh, but this also goes back to like Colonel Kassad's character that we learned about in Hyperion, where he's just this like, he's just a teenage gamer who's trying to do the most badass things possible. And wants to make it sound super dope. And so he knows that all the people who he told this story to are within earshot of him. He just wants to put on a gigantic battle show for them. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he could shoot, I'll bet he could shoot once and, and hit this person. But he's like, no, no, no. They need to hear it. Can we? They want to invoke conservation of mass with the parasitic crosses. Okay, come on. <laughs> so you're saying that Father Dure is currently dying of blood loss. Is that is that what you're saying if you want to talk about conservation of mass? Because Father Hoyt died from not having enough blood in his body. So that blood's not just around. That blood's on the floor. The parasite's not picking it up and putting it back in. Inside, No. Father, Father Dure is going to be born without blood. That's what's happening. So there's no conservation of mass happening when somebody's resurrected. That's not how it works. Stop pretending like you know how it works. It's <laughs> absurd. It's a weird nitpicky thing to choose. Right, right. Otherwise, Father Dure, oh, maybe there is conservation of mass. Father Dure just... uh only has... He's a little bit skinnier than yeah, he used to be. He's, he's a little skinnier. I should have put this in the dumb shit from earlier. The dumb quick okay. shit. CEO Gladstone's going around to different planets, and she gets to the one where Martin, the poet, kind of came up, uh, and where he wrote his poems, and it's been terraformed now. And one of the things that she notes is a, a garbage collector riding on a half-ton hedgehog... It's a bad animal choice. How impractical is that as an animal to ride around on? I mean, it's really round for one thing. One thing it's really round. Other thing, like, are you are you straddling it because you're you're doing a split? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Are you laying down on your stomach? That's a weird way to go. It's a weird way to go. Are you standing? Oh, actually hold on. That's kind of cool. I may have just come around on the hedgehog thing.
1: See, okay, surfing. because
0: my concern with it is they're pointy. Is they're a little bit pokey? You're thinking of a porcupine. No, no, no. Hedgehogs have little spines too. Oh. Yeah. They're not like porcupine spines, but hedgehogs have little pokey boys. Okay. Like, I don't know. Get an animal that doesn't have pokey things. Get a horse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or a car. <laughs> or a spaceship. There's a million options. Why are you riding around a on a porcupine? Even a bike would probably solve this problem too but no you decided to be all quirky and weird and ride your hedgehog to work today nobody thinks it's funny nobody thinks you're cool because you're weird everyone just annoyed that they have to deal with your hedgehog on the street god are you gonna leave that outside all day who's gonna watch after this (laughs) it's supposed to be 103 today you're gonna crack a window sure but is that gonna really do anything no okay the other thing about this place it's called mud flat Mm -hmm. i okay i get when the planet was just a disgusting swamp that was like all oozy and stuff this is a different place no i'm pretty sure it's the same place heaven's gate is where silenus was a slave the mud flat thing is the is the military place are you sure I know there is, you know, when the the general is talking about, if they catch the farcaster, it'll go to this planet, and it's something. Oh, Luke! I just googled it. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna cut this so it sounds like it just happened. Uh, nope. Heaven's Gate. the The capital city is Mudflat City. Oh. Okay. Okay. It's the city, not the planet. Okay. So, all right. Heaven's Gate's the planet. Mudflat City is the capital. You change the name after you get done terraforming it, right? Like you don't keep it Mudflat. Sure, when it's a gross swamp, it's Mudflat City. Now it's like, I don't know, Lavender it's Ocean. Like heaven's doorstep. Sure, heaven's doorstep. That sounds lovely. Like, call it something else. Fair. Ridiculous. <laughs> You can't, you can't have the capital city of Heaven's Gate be mudflat. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, you know, the, here's what it is. The town council, the city council, has been trying to change the name forever. Everybody agrees, terrible name. But there has never been a majority for what to name it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's never been a majority that's been like, yep, yeah, we should call it Cloud Beaches. Cloud Beach City, or we should call it Lavender Ocean City. So it's like it's like people are running on this platform. They're like, let's repeal and replace, Mm -hmm. repeal and replace this policy, this name. Uh, We're gonna, you know, we'll we'll change the name. We'll think of something good. Yep. And then they and then just no name gets because as soon as you pick a name, then. People who don't like that name instantly hate you, so you're never gonna pick a new name for it, and you're it's never gonna change. Right. That's I guess that's how it it stays Mudflat City. Fine. Okay. But this is why we need the CEO to come in and you know maybe Should do the unpopular the thing, but it's imp- it needs to happen. Good point. Very good point, Dan. All right. <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about are the templars of the tree of the trees and how just hypocritical and like phony these templars are and like it just it kind of just strikes me as like those rich hipsters that move to brooklyn and here's what i mean so the templars on their world don't have any electricity and they don't allow any flying vehicles and they're trying to be super eco-conscious. Great. Fine. But you have a tree spaceship. So obviously you don't care that much. Okay? That's the first step. The second step, th- there's like six-star restaurants that are everywhere. Like, I get you like the trees. You're kind of selling out a little bit though. You're 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 worried that they're they're creating this culture or whatever that they have to almost be a tourist. Oh, 100%. Location. Yeah, okay. and they have these weird quirky rules like, oh, you can't ever step on this wood because it's so sacred to us. And at the same time, they made all the desks for the Senate out of this wood. Uh, Is it the same wood? Yeah, it's the same wood. Uh-huh. So, obviously you're cool with it being i don't know what happens in the senate probably not great things (laughs) see i thought the only thing with the 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 templars that i thought was weird was that uh they're asian (laughs) like not that that's weird but that that we have races (laughs) that are still the same as earth right they're like yeah the templars are asian what why this is isn't this like a religion <laughs> yeah you know luke how like uh that works you know <laughs> just ask dan dan will know all about it i'm sure he's got the whole thing figured out with how that works mm-hmm. god no, i okay aside from the fact that they're all asian i think they're just a bunch of phonies i think it's all an act to look cool <laughs> They're, yeah, okay. They're, like, conservationists for their Instagram profile. Yeah, they've got the water bottle, and they go camping, like, twice a year and take great pics, but then, they but they're not, like, really backpacking. They're staying at a hostel that's, like, an expensive hostel, and they go out to dinner every night. They're not actually... Like they, they're eating Cliff bars all day, because they're like, yeah, I need Cliff bars for my outdoor extra sizes, and it's like... You're using single-use plastic for lunch every day. I see you have a different Ziploc every day for that sandwich you got. Mm. You can reuse those. You know, you can wash those and reuse them. They just aren't having it. A a, a yogurt container? Like a a single-use yogurt? That's what you're doing? That's what you're doing, Mr. Templar? Mm. Mm. You know you can make your own Cliff Bars. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? They're a bunch of phonies, Luke. We're calling them out on their bullshit. I'm on board with that, actually. Yeah. Somebody needs to call them on their bullshit. Okay? And that's, I mean, that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. That's why we exist, is to read fantasy books, to call characters on their bullshit, to come up with hot takes, and act like dumb nerds.